0: Today's going to look a little different than usual. Pastor already mentioned that. For example, normally by the time I get up here, it's time for you all to leave. It's not time for you all to leave yet, so don't start like <laughs> grabbing all your stuff. That is not the cue this time. Um, as you can see, just from the stage setup, it's going to be a little different today. We're going to be hosting an interview-style message where we get to interview none other than Pastor Arlen and Michelle. So we'll be examining the topic of marriage on the road of life as we discuss their journey and learn more about them and learn from them. Now we are nearing the end of our series, The Rules for the Road, and when we travel we all have a destination in mind and we hope to reach it safely and maybe even enjoy the trip a little bit depending on who you're with. But the same is true in life. Each week, we've given you a key verse and then also a rule for the road. And I want to remind you that as you head out today, there's those cards that you can pick up the different week's rules and one for today as well. And then we also have a cover page for you to add to your keychain as well with our theme verse for the whole series. So I'm going to read that theme verse for you. It's from Proverbs 3 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. It is so good to have a God that we can trust, even when life don't make no sense, right? <laughs> and even the Lord sometimes leads us, we sense his leading in ways that also don't make sense. But we can trust in his goodness. And as we seek his will, we know that he's going to show us which path to take. And I hope you see those themes today as we discuss um, and have our interview today. But a a few things that we wanted to mention before we dive in. We recognize that today's message at times may not apply to everyone. Some of us are married, some of us are not. Some of us wish to be married, and some of us don't. We also recognize that this message may be painful for some that have experienced loss or are struggling in their relationships. And we've had you in mind as we've prepared this week. But we also trust in the truths of God's word that they will impact you at no matter what stage you're at. And we're asking for grace as Arlen and Michelle, being a married couple, will at times be speaking directly to married couples. Encouraging healthy marriages for those who are in one or desire to be in one one day. But all of us, we have the opportunity to be encouraged by a testimony of God's work in their life. Testimony is usually a term you know reserved for the courtroom. Somebody comes and shares what they saw, what they heard, what they might have experienced, what they know about the situation. Same goes for those that follow Christ. We use that language too of testimony where we get to come and share what God has done so that everyone may be encouraged to see God's faithfulness and goodness and God's work in their life. So, I hope that it encourages you as much as it's encouraged me as we've prepared the questions and kind of pre discussed um, pre-discussed what we're going to be do- talking about today. It's a casual setting, so feel free to get settled. You can grab refreshments. Again, there's the busy bags for the kids. And let's get to our interview. So, could would you welcome with me, married eight, 28 years, probably together longer than that, Pastor Arlen and Michelle Walters. <laughs> As we grab our beverages. All right. all right. Woohoo. As we get settled in here, I want you all to just remember like a road trip that you've taken and all the preparations that went into it. So you have, you know, especially long road trips, you've got planning, packing, buying stuff, snacks, and then usually, most importantly, it's who's gonna be in the car with you, because you know, that can really decide whether you have a good road trip or not so great road trip. So, first things first. How did you end up in the car together? In other words, how did you meet? Uh, so we both attended grade school together,
1: actually. We were in the same class in first grade and also fourth grade. Um, I had a crush on him in fourth grade, actually, which (laughs) I disclosed to no one until much later.
2: And and you're not gonna, this is gonna sound like a little bit stuff, but my my dad can vouch for this. Um, In first grade, when we were in the same class together, he had a customer, I would sit on, I'd come home with the yearbook and he'd say, which girl do you like in the grade? He's always encouraging me to like (laughs) girls in first grade, kind of weird. But I said, Michelle, you know, and he said, really? And so I said, yeah, so I had a first grade crush on her. Mm. Never told anyone but my dad, so.
0: And you had a fourth grade
2: crush on him. Weird.
0: So what was he like in fourth grade, do you you remember? Uh, Moving on. Quiet,
1: (laughs) quiet, quiet, (laughs) I know. So then that changed after fourth grade. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
2: So then we moved
1: away, Um, our families, uh, my family moved to Ohio, his family moved to Michigan. And um, both of our dads were working in separate uh, pastorates. His dad was a pastor in Michigan. Mine was an assistant pastor in Ohio. Um, So we attended different middle schools and high schools. And after we graduated from high school, separate high schools, um, to make a long story short, a chain of events happened where my dad got hired as his dad's assistant pastor. And so our family, my family, moved to Michigan right after we had graduated high school. And we had had our own um, separate experiences uh, with the Lord and both individually had felt called to ministry. Mm -hmm. Um, And then ended up, uh, my family ended up there, and we were both planning to come here to attend uh, Bible college and, um, like, separately, not together. Yeah. Um, we kind of got reacquainted, like, oh, I think I knew you in grade school. And kind of connected, but we weren't, you know, we were just friends. And even after we came to college, and then he asked me out, um, and we said we were just friends for a long time, like a year. We were just friends. Right.
2: But that
0: wasn't true. It, was the, it was the plan. <laughs> You were saying you were just friends? Well, or we both kind of loved that, I guess, right? Yeah.
2: She, was, she was a little hard to win over at first, but yes. yeah. It's
0: hard to get. <laughs> so what were you looking for in a spouse, would you say? If you can remember. Do you want me
2: to go first? It doesn't matter. I mean, share, shared faith and shared life values. That was the most important thing um, for us, right? It was just that we, I mean, obviously, you know, I thought she was extremely gorgeous, and that was important to my, that was on my list of, of things, yeah. you know. <laughs> But so spiritual. so spiritual, I know. But you know, but beyond the carnal, um, we had shared values and life goals, and we were heading the same direction in life. So that's, that was a big part of it. What would anything different that you'd say?
1: No, I would say <clears throat> um, I think the fact that we were friends first, like we got along yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Not that you're always totally compatible with a person, but um, we were friends yeah. first, and kind of. Um, connected that way, mm-hmm. and then it, our relationship grew deeper, yeah. so, and yes, I agree, just the same, um, kind of faith values with our big goals in life. Mm-hmm.
0: Since you were going to a Christian college. Yeah. Exactly, were,
1: yeah. and we both, I know this doesn't apply to everybody, but we both had felt called to ministries, yeah. uh, individually, so I think we were both looking for someone with that, yeah. that big goal in mind, right. so not that everyone has that, but, um, you know, maybe you would have a similar mm-hmm.
0: big thing that you connect on. Sure. So now, like, thinking back, how would you say you you remember preparing for marriage, like, intentionally? And what are some ways that now you're like, I wish we would have done this. This is what we try to encourage other couples to do.
2: I'll answer the first half of that. I think we prepared um, We prepared through time and conversations, that which is the key, you know, any relationship that's going to be lifelong, you know, should be vetted for a long time. So we spent a lot of time, years of dating, and a lot of conversations to make sure we were really lined up in the same big ideas. I'd recommend everyone does that, um, even when we're older, you know, just to take the time to really know who you're getting to in, in with and, and align. So that's, what we, that's the, how we were prepared. Yeah. And then as far as what we would do differently, I think we have the same answer for this if you want to give it.
1: So some of this came organically because, again, we were at a Christian um, college. So, you know, we took a class on marriage, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But I do wish that we would have had more intense premarital counseling. Mm-hmm. He does this um, a lot now with couples that he marries. Yeah. Is It's a very prescribed course, and there are things that you talk about yeah. um, before you get married. So, you know. I don't know why we didn't. We just, I don't know. It wasn't offered, I guess. Yeah. So we yeah. didn't.
2: It would have been a little <laughs> helpful that first year. Yeah. yeah,
0: sure. So what are some things that you would say uh, for those that may be looking to get married or hope to get married one day? Like, these are definitely things mm-hmm. if, as a Christ follower, like, must have, or even maybe not as a Christ follower, but yeah. that you've seen are helpful.
2: Yeah, I th- for getting, couples looking to get married, when I, when I meet with them, one of the things we discuss in premarital, and this was a big deal for us, is we try to identify some of the big causes of marriage problems. Mm-hmm. So for example, um, financially, fi- financial goals and directions, that's a big deal. If couples are operating financially differently, they're gonna, that's probably the top 10 reasons for marriage problems right there. Almost all other marriage problems end up impacted to a greater level when their finances are r- rough and they're fighting over that. So financially, uh, that's an important alignment to have, mm-hmm. uh, that you, you're doing the same things, have the same goals. Spiritual relationship, obviously it was natural for us, but that your, your values are the same is gonna be difficult if you're not spiritually aligned over mm-hmm. time. Might not be it when you're dating, you're like, I just wanna be with them, they're cute acute changes and it becomes something different or the more things become more important Mm -hmm. so at some point you got to make sure that you can be aligned and friends and so spiritually it's important that you don't overlook that you're on the same page um raising kids is a cause of marriage trouble so what are your beliefs about raising kids how are you going to do it uh your of course your intimate sexual relationship and then your relationship with in-laws those are major causes of marriage problems we try to talk through those with couples and um just make sure that they're together. Obviously, people evolve in time. People's, their values will shift. Their, mm-hmm. that's That happens. But you should you should walk in on the same page and then kind of grow together is the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, we, uh, we made a statement. Um, I don't know if they gave it to, to you guys to put it on the screen or not, but something I often say is don't travel with people who aren't going where you want to end up. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're not... Going where you want to be, then just don't try. Just when it comes to marriage, this is very important that you get lined up. Um, I think our key verse uh, for this talk is Amos Mm three three. Can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? So for pre for couples looking to get married, make sure you're agreeing on the direction. Mm -hmm. And if you're not, then don't get in the same car together. You need to find another person to travel with.
0: Yeah, I think especially like for you two, like you said, going. Both having a heart to go into ministry, because if one of you didn't, then where mm-hmm. does that leave the other person, or vice versa? You know, you're dragged into ministry when you don't want to be there, or, or other examples of that, of, of missionaries, or just people that maybe feel called to foster care, or desire to have kids, or not have kids, that all those things impact kind of the direction that your life
2: goes. It's interesting, because we actually struggled with that, didn't we, uh, when we were dating I was, I thought maybe we were going to be called, I was going to be called to the mission field. We were engaged and we, one day we got together and said, I'm not sure, but God might be leading us to the mission field mm-hmm. for me. But you didn't say yes to marry me with that knowing that that was on the table. So yeah. if you want out, no harm, it's all my fault, not yours. But she said, I want to go where God calls us. And so t- it was a together decision. We actually mm-hmm. prayed together and said, Lord, wherever you take us, we'll go. Yeah. And we stayed engaged.
0: Woohoo, and now here you are. <laughs> so, as, so now, okay, so you've met, college, got married, road trip has started, and it's <laughs> wonderful until it's not. <laughs> so, when did it kind of just feel like, wow, this isn't as great as I thought it was going to be forever? <laughs>
2: The beginning of the road trip, right? The, ideal, <laughs> the idealism of marriage. Um, it's going to be fun. I'm sure there'll be detours. On the, I'm sure there'll be some bumps on the road, but it'll be great. And then you get on the road and you run into those bumps and you run into that traffic and congestion and stuff. Absolutely. You want to go there?
1: Well, I mean, probably every couple thinks this, you know, when they're dating or whatever. Like, we are so compatible. You know, like... Sure, we saw our parents have disagreements, but we won't be like that because mm-hmm. we are the most compatible people on the planet, mm-hmm. and this is like, he's my soulmate. Mm-hmm. I will, we will never... It'll be like one big date all the time, you know? It's just intensified. It's just better. Um, so, of course, that's not very realistic. Yeah, That doesn't happen. You realize, oh, my goodness, he has things that...
0: I didn't <laughs> think about that. Like, why? <laughs> I won't. I won't ask for specifically. We don't have time. Wow!
1: Wow! Yeah. Man. Just kidding. <laughs>
0: um.
1: But I think certainly every couple. I think we found this out pretty quickly our first year. Mm-hmm. You know, there are things that. I mean, we dated for three years before we got married. I felt like that was uh, quite a bit of time to get to know the other person. But once you start living with someone, Mm -hmm. and you're with them, and you have to start making decisions together, and you have to, um, you realize, oh, that really annoys me, Mm -hmm. you know? And this was the same for both. and just a period of adjustment yeah. for us that first year, uh, particularly.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So. Yeah, the first, the first year, I'd say, that was, because you've been blessed, it's 28 years now, and I mean, do, do a lot of marriage work, we have a, a really good marriage, but the roughest spot of our 28 years was that first year. Mm-hmm. It was just like, oh wow, it's 24 seven, and the things that you have to learn. I remember being a teenager, hearing a pastor come to teen camp, talked to the boys in a split session, and he said, the biggest lesson you'll learn the first year of marriage is forgiveness. And I remember thinking, what, an, what a poor, miserable marriage he must have to need of forgiveness. What does that even mean? I mean, it's the dumbest thing. And then you get married, and you know, you have your first time where you're upset, and you disagree, and you say something you shouldn't say, or you're inconsiderate. And his, his words came rushing back, because that, that's a, I think early on, you, you set the pace not that things don't pop up later, but you yeah. just set the pace if you're going to be a person that's gracious and forgiving or if you're going to start compiling a list of all the grievances. Yeah. And so that first year was an adjustment, and it set the pace for the rest of our years since then. It's, yeah. been, it's been good.
0: What, it would, what are some things that you wish you would have known before you got married?
2: Yeah. Um. yeah I mean, that's not just one big date probably. Right. I'd say that's probably it.
1: I kind of got ahead of myself, I guess. Um, yeah, the, maybe I watch too many Disney movies. I don't mm-hmm. know. You know, like you get married or whatever, you found your person, and you live happily ever after. Yes. Like there's, End of movie. Yes. <laughs> they don't continue <laughs> the movie after mm-hmm. that, usually. Um, and so just realizing that a good relationship, marriage, or relationship with anybody mm-hmm requires time and effort, you know, it requires investment Mm -hmm. um, into that relationship for it to flourish. So Mm -hmm. it's just not going to happen on accident. You have to have um, things that you've put into place um, to make it stronger Mm -hmm. and to grow.
0: Yeah. So now you got over the first year and you're continuing down, ministry, kids start happening. And so you hit that point where you've, you know, there's been a few bumps and the temperature changes in the room, in the car. You know, you can't just say one person is too hot, one person is too cold, you ate all the chips, you have to stop too often, why are we stopped? <laughs> I don't want to see that landmark. I just want to get to where we're going. So things, relationship dynamics change, pressures inside the vehicle. So in a healthy marriage relationship, how would you say you deal with, um, issues? Should you deal with issues or how did you guys figure out how to deal well
2: with issues? I mean um, we, we kind of entered uh, what we said earlier is a big part of that. Mm-hmm. We, we entered marriage pre-talking and we were aligned on the major issues. I think that's a big part of it. If you're aligned on the major issues then um, you shouldn't be having the major fights as easily. It's just more the petty stuff that gets mm-hmm. in the way um, as long as you're you, you know, who you promise to be. So for, for, from there, after being aligned on the majors, the biggest thing we had to do was learn to accept each other mm-hmm. and um, give, you know, Michelle is a, an autonomous person. I'm an autonomous person. Yeah. And so it's not, fair that I, it's not fair that I would project on her, you know, or, or mold her to be this, or she would mold me to be this exact person. We were different. We're autonomous. And so to accept somebody else and say, look, we are, we've, we're together on the big stuff, but we're going to be different in a lot of ways, and we're going to be quirky, and we might even have different bad days, but you are you, and I, I just accept you mm-hmm. in grace, and I, I just, I'm, I'm for you. So that was a, that was a big idea. Um, I feel like we both just really worked hard at um, being individuals, forgiveness, all that good stuff.
1: So I think for me, too, someone, uh, I think I uh, read this in a book, probably a marriage book, but um, sure is that it's not, it's not fair, and this is more than just marriage relationship, but I can't put the burden of my happiness mm-hmm. onto someone else. Like it's not his responsibility for my happiness. Mm-hmm. I, I have to take responsibility for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's uh, with any relationship, but especially um, with marriage. And so what a burden that he would have to carry, like, you know, I'm having a really bad day, and it's your responsibility (laughs) to make it better, (laughs) because that's what you signed up for, Um, so that's not really fair, Um, so I have to uh, deal with that between myself and God, Um, and...
2: We, we took some some notes from the questions you sent us early so that we could try to remember what, uh, what you to answer. So we're, we have a cheat sheet here.
0: What would you say were some supplies that you picked up along the way? You know, you figure out that you, like, really like this one snack and you just ran out of it. And <laughs> so we need, you know, you need more gas. There's so many different things you have to pick up on the way on a road trip. So what did you learn as you went?
2: Do you want to go first? Or? Sure. Um...
1: I think a little formula, perhaps you would call it that, that we kind of came up with is, um, so when there's um, an issue, let's just say some kind of disagreement or whatever, something that needs to be, you think, discussed, probably our first step would be not to discuss it yet, (laughs) but to... Um, to pray about it first. Mm -hmm. And first of all, that probably gives you time to calm down if it's like an issue that all of a sudden is in your face and you want to talk about it right now. Um, Because we certainly didn't want our relationship or our home to be a place of, you know, constantly just bickering with each other. So Mm -hmm. um, if it's something that's an annoyance or... We would go to God first yeah. and pray about it and see. You know, is this something that is just a one-time thing that's really not a big deal, or they're just having a bad day, or you know, what's going on? Maybe it really doesn't need to be discussed mm-hmm. at all. Um, so that was always our first step.
2: Yeah, we pray also. Just Lord, is, is my is my issue? I think is their problem. Is it really my problem? Yeah. And so I need to pray with a humble heart that says, God. You know, I want to fix fix my spouse in this annoying area, and maybe God's going to fix me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, so pray, we pray first, and then we always had a policy. Um, you know, we, and I mean we've not assigned this to each other, but we've both been taught this, so we both do it. Is to compliment and praise each other way more often than we would c- complain. Mm-hmm. So, there's so many the things I'm thankful for Michelle about. So, if, it, if she has an occasional thing that, you know, I think is an issue or is concerning to me, it's so minor. But most of the time, we don't express the good things; we take them for granted. But we express the concerns. So we've made it a point to be thankful out loud, to praise, to compliment. And then, when there is that time where you've prayed about it and still want to bring up a concern, you're you're bringing it with, um, you're confronting it with humility. I think humility means, hey, listen, I'm struggling with something between us, and it's it's very probably it's possibly me. I don't know, but I want to talk about it. Maybe you can help me. Yeah. Instead of coming and saying, you're not doing this. It's, it's just that humility of saying, I may, I may not see the whole picture, but can we discuss this together? Mm-hmm. So humbly prayer, praising each other, humbly confronting. If it doesn't solve the problem, repeat cycle, prayer, yeah. praise, confront. And then our, the last thing we've always said to couples, and we've said this to each other, is if it gets to a point where nothing works, get outside help. You gotta have a, an outside source. So really, I think the secret sauce to the whole thing is Ephesians 4.32. Ephesians 4.32 says, uh, instead, it's referring to all the times you can fight and have anger and malicious behavior. Instead, it says be kind yeah. to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, even as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. So um, I think that verse tells us, first of all, to be kind. Mm-hmm. And then if the other person is not kind, you're forgiving. So there's a quote we've used through the years, and I'll, I'll let you articulate on this, Michelle, because you have a better perspective, perhaps. But um, we've, you make, we make the statement all the time at church at home, and that is, I should be more expecting of me and more accepting of you. Mm-hmm. In other words, like Michelle said earlier, I can't, I, I can't put my happiness on it, it, She's responsible solely for my happiness. I should be expecting of me to provide that but accepting of her to be an autonomous person. So that's just a big macro view. If everyone ran around, instead of saying, I'm expecting you, but you need to accept me because I'm not perfect, but I expect you to do better, and flip that around and say, I expect me to do better, but I accept you because you're an individual, I think that's that's Ephesians 4.32 in a a short phrase, Mm -hmm. and that would solve so many problems if we would all just chill out with the other person and work on ourselves.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about you all, but I'm like, yeah, I can remember a time if I would have just <laughs> stepped back a second, prayed about it, whether it was w- with my relationship with Jens or with other people, that it's just like some some perspective, calming my heart, Lord, okay, where am I? Yeah, I'm thinking about rolling shirts, is, was my, <laughs> <laughs> Jens likes his t-shirts rolled, and I just hated doing that. <laughs> And it just, like, it was just, it was a work that the Lord was doing in my heart, which was almost more annoying, because I wanted God to work on his heart, right. <laughs> you know? But just, yeah, those things that are refining to us, that others sometimes help, help us see that we don't want to see. That's good. Those things. That's good. <laughs> Do you have rolling shirts problems? No. <laughs>
2: You know what our big debate was when we first got married? You know, you hear the couples fight about the toilet seat. Mm-hmm. You know, do you put the seat all the way up or down? TMI. TMI, you know, but I'm just going to tell you anyhow, this is, this, is, this is the debate. In our house, I was the opposite way. I think there's a lid above the seat. Mm-hmm. The lid should always be down. Why do they have a lid if it's supposed to be up? So I'm like, we have got to put the lid down. The whole thing goes down. It's covered. The cat can't fall in if the lid is up. So this was something we had to work through that first year and— um, and that's a big issue right there. Yeah. So.
1: It goes against stereotypes. Usually mm-hmm. it's the female saying the seat. down. That's it funny. Was the
0: opposite. We didn't talk about this beforehand. We yeah. didn't go into the toilet thing, but it's the same way with us. But we didn't figure it out until like year 10. <laughs> Jen's like, it's the whole seat right. down. I'm like, well, there's one more thing I have to touch. I don't want to <laughs> touch things. But it it's, was helpful for kids too, though, yeah. and then when you have a dog. <laughs> So there's the whole debate. We can put a poll on Facebook later and everybody can say what they <laughs> think. Pros and cons of Toilet <laughs> lists. Um What intentional things have, would you say you've done to help make the trip more enjoyable?
2: Do you want to start or want me to? It
0: doesn't matter. So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so we were taught to do this and it's something that we've strived for, just like the whole how to have a healthy discussion, Mm -hmm. this is something that we strive for. This is not something that we are perfect at. (laughs) (laughs) Just put that out there. Um, So we've tried to do three things through all of our stages in life to try to maintain a healthy relationship and they are to have a weekly, sorry, a daily communication so this can be, um, you know, doesn't always have to be deep conversation, no. but just a daily connecting time. Um, and then a weekly date where it's just the two of us that we're going out doesn't have to be expensive. Lately, the last many years just been a walk actually Mm -hmm. uh, because we just can communicate. That's the whole point of doing this. Mm -hmm. um, is the communication not to necessarily go out and spend a lot of money. Although that's fine too if you want to do that. And then to try to have an annual getaway. Mm -hmm. That's a couple nights where it's just the two of you so you can connect, you know, especially when kids come along that you, it's just about you, you know, because one day they're most likely going to leave and so it'll just be you again
2: yeah so that's the intentional uh, the intentional time investment connect daily date weekly travel annually basically or you know vacation annually so for us our daily connection point has most days of the week we take a walk together for about about an hour about three and a half miles and um you know, by walking, we're getting exercise. By walking, we're not, our cell phones aren't on. We're not on devices. We're just talking and exercising at the same time. So we take about a three and a half mile walk most days, not every day. And that's a connection point. If we can't get the walk in, we'll have to connect another way. And then weekly, as Michelle said, we tend to go, it's cheaper. I and mean, we, we, we go out to a nice restaurants sometimes. We, have, we do those things. But much of the time, Um, We have financial goals that we're looking ahead towards. So Mm -hmm. um, most of the time we get a couple protein shakes from a protein shake store, like a Key Nutrition in Crown Point or someplace. And um, then we'll just find a place to take maybe another four or five-mile walk And after after we drink them, sit in the car, talk, and um, sometimes go out to a restaurant. But we just date weekly. um, And then, um, you know, we were at Lighthouse Restaurant a couple weeks ago, just the two of us spending time don't always have that kind of money, so sometimes you yeah. just find this cheaper way to do that. And then, of course, an annual trip. That's a big deal. And all of that, the, the weekly date and the annual trip means just the two of us, as Michelle said. I know it's, it's so hard sometimes because we hate to leave the kids and we worry, but I don't think it gets easier the longer we put off that stage of life of, of letting go of they're okay with somebody else. Mm-hmm. So we just said we've got to start early, and yeah. we've made it a point to just try, take trips with the kids, but also take trips just together.
0: Yeah, Yeah, and I think like it's neat to hear kind of your perspective like now in this stage of life like where you can leave the kids Mm -hmm. you know, at home because Lindsay's fine. (laughs) Usually. (laughs) (laughs) And and I think kind of the overarching um, tips that you have are so helpful to keep in mind though those of us like maybe with little kids are going, well, yeah, I can't leave my kids for an hour every night to walk but I think that's that's where the creativity needs to come. It's not about doing exactly what they do and go getting protein shakes. You might be going, ooh, right. <laughs> that's great. <gross." laughs> but it's, it's the concepts of just like, these are things that have been helpful in making sure we connect. Mm-hmm. And you know, for Jens and I with young kids, that's after we get the kids to bed that we can you know, connect. And so there's some creativity. If you need some creativity, I'll sit down with you and try to yeah. creativity some thoughts. <laughs> get some ideas for you as well. But
2: Also, I would say this about uh, and, uh, if it comes down to it, When we, were, we would have a lot of money when we were raising kids. It's an expensive stage of life. So again, our dates were fairly cheap sometimes. Sometimes they were special. We didn't save up for that. Yeah. But um, we figured out early on to pa- find someone that we can swap babysitting with.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, We'll watch your kids while you have a date. You watch ours while we have a date. And that would save us both some money, put a little elbow grease into the process. So there's yeah. always ways to find somebody to help you you know, if you're building relationships, yeah. do that as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely ways, I think. So don't get discouraged if you're like, yeah, that's... I can't do that right now. But you guys have gone through stages where you've had to be creative mm-hmm. in, different, in different ways. Yeah. Yep. So we're now... We're down the road. We're like, whew, way down the road. And there are bumps and turns and detours. Some detours that were horrible. <laughs> and some that ended up on a beautiful scenic route that we're so glad that we ended that direction. So let's talk about some of those. What have been some major bumps or detours in your life?
1: So I think for me, so I'm a planner. I like to, I like everything to be just so. Um, So when we were dating, we had talked about having kids. Mm -hmm. And I think we agreed for maybe five. You know, you want to pick the genders, too, because that (laughs) always works out. You know, two girls, two boys, and then, I don't know, the fifth one's up for debate. Um, So, you know, just kind of planning and thinking through your life. And um, so I uh, had Brett when our firstborn when I was 25. So our plan after that is that we got to get moving now, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, So every 18 months to two years, there's going to be another child. Well, that didn't happen. God had other plans for us, actually. So after Brett was born, um, I had three miscarriages. Um, And so that was a very dark time for me just because, probably somewhat due to my personality also, but just the emotional um, side of that. Um, as well and all the things that uh, go through your mind that sometimes aren't true Um, but so we struggled with that and then um, three and a half years later we had Jessica we had many people praying Mm -hmm. that we would have um, another child Mm -hmm. and so that was certainly a blessing so now we have our boy we have our girl, but come on. We said four, maybe five, so that we gotta get this moving. And um, after Jessica, I had three more miscarriages after that. Um, and so a couple of those were, were very difficult uh, physically as well. So um, for me, that was a, a learning experience that um, what I learned from that is um, gratitude Mm -hmm. and that God is in control, you know, that I can't, um, you know, like I really felt like God should be be blessing me in this area. Why? What have I done (laughs) that God's not blessing me? Mm -hmm. And I had to realize, you know, that doesn't, that's not an evaluation of God's love for me because something isn't going the way that I thought it should go. Mm -hmm. That's, that has nothing to do. That's not how God works. Um, and so I had to come to the realization that number one, God is in control and whether or not I agree with what Mm -hmm. he's put into my life or what he's not put into my life, um, does not determine how much God loves me. Like, I can't evaluate his love based yeah. on that. And I also learned to be grateful. Yeah. And um, I was encouraged to uh, make a very detailed list of things that I could be grateful for. I'm a list person. So this really connected with me. And I really grew in this area. I mean, just very detailed. Um, things. And I came up with, I think, like 50 things. And I thought, what am I even complaining about? (laughs) (laughs) I have so many blessings. Um, And so I learned to focus on the good things Mm -hmm. and things that you can be grateful for. And quite honestly, we became very content. I thought, we have a boy and a girl, like one of each gender. This is perfect. We have a sedan. We don't need to have a don't van. Need a mini van right? Because we have two kids. Mm-hmm. You know, we're like the perfect little foursome family. So we became very content. And then, as you probably know, um, <laughs> surprise, Lindsay yeah. came to be. And of course, I was terrified during her whole pregnancy yeah. because. I'd experienced so many miscarriages, um, and I never thought that I would hold my own baby again, a yeah. uh, newborn baby. Um, and so then Lindsay came into our lives, and what mm-hmm. a blessing mm-hmm. she's been. And for some inexplicable reason, we um, actually got pregnant again inexplicable. <laughs> and had another miscarriage after yeah. that and then we said "No, nope, that's it I think God just wants us to have three <laughs> and it's perfect our family um, is complete and mm-hmm. so um, I think those were some uh, going through some trying times um, in our marriage that yeah. um, certainly um, you know those type of things can put a strain on your marriage where you just have to go back to the basics mm-hmm. um and still make sure you're you're connecting and you don't lose each other yeah. during those times.
0: I'm so glad you brought that up because I think you described it so eloquently of how we can view God's love based on our circumstances. And there's so many different things, detours in life, things that happen that then, that cause us to, <laughs> Like, automatically, it's almost like, well, why God? Like, he must not be good. He must not be faithful. He must not be kind. And to see that that drew you into God's love and the the trueness, the reality of it, is just beautiful to see and a good reminder for us all. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I won't belabor this for the sake of time, but I would just say that. We've talked in church a lot about our pivot in ministry because we got into ministry together and then in 2013 we made a major pivot from our very traditional fundamentalist background Mm -hmm. and the upheaval that caused our family, our lives, our lifelong friendships everywhere, the price we paid to to make those moves um, interpersonally elsewhere. Um, Financially, we sold our house in Lowell, moved to the Parsonage in Cedar Lake to adjust. We paid a dear price in that season of life to follow God. And that was a trying time that we both walked through together. And that was another bump in the road season. You know, figuring our kids adjusting to all that happened. But um, those were probably the two bigger Mm -hmm. struggle points of life that we could talk about.
0: Yeah. 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 What, I think kind of at this point, I'm going to kind of do something a little goofy, but um, talking of like bumps in the road and things that cause us to, you know, even need greater maintenance. What is? Could you just speak to for a moment, just to maybe those that are having um, a significant heartache in this area, whether it's just they, they find themselves in just a really difficult spot in their marriage relationship.
2: In a rough marriage, yeah. Mm-hmm. First of all, I mean, okay, if, if there's a, if you're in a marriage and you're in an abusive marriage, if there's an abuse going on or there's affairs going on, you need to get some help right away. Don't don't be convinced. To just suffer through that by yourself, go get help now. Get some outside help. You there's just no re- there, you need that. I can't emphasize that enough. I've seen too many people struggle silently. Run for help. Um, beyond the major major stuff, I would say to people expect that there are going to be struggles. We our first lesson in this series was know how to handle the curves. Yeah. So you got to walk into that marriage knowing there's going to be curves and turns. And so expect there's going to be seasons of struggle. Again, if it's a big thing, you got to get outside help. If it's a small thing and you can't resolve it over time through prayer, praise, and what we said earlier, get outside help there too. Um, But get back to the basics spiritually. Are you, you know, I always ask couples, and it sounds so unhelpful when you're frustrated about your marriage, but how's your walk with God? You know, get back in the Bible, prayer, church, serving, uh, serving together. Those spiritual renewal seasons are important in our lives. And then relationally, are you connecting daily? Are you dating weekly? Are you... Having a, a trip annually, just get back to the basics of your relationship with God and with each other and um, and always have access to outside help. I, I, every couple who gets married and is married needs to agree that their spouse they have they have access to outside help i 've watched couples get to a point where they they got too far down the road because they were afraid to let an outside voice in earlier because of maybe pride or whatever reason but it's going it, if to it, if it all goes really bad it's going to be worse anyhow so you might as well before it gets to that point get outside help so i've always said to, to young men and young women it's any age if your spouse feels you need outside help but you don't want that because it's embarrassing or whatever but they want outside help you give them access to outside that you let your spouse know you want outside help i will always honor that if i need outside help please always honor that because there's no reason, no one's perfect. Mm-hmm. And this facade, this stained glass masquerade idea that we have it all together is not realistic. Just let someone who's trained, a licensed professional, pastor, small group leader, somebody speak into your life. Yeah. And, and get help. Mm-hmm.
0: What, um, we're going to kind of move towards the end of our road trip, and I'm not trying to say that you're old. It's just huh. we're getting... We got to conclude somewhere, so we're looking towards the destination. Um, what would you say was kind of a destination in mind that you had early on in your relationship?
2: Good.
1: Well, I mean, we kind of said this at the beginning, and it hasn't really changed, mm-hmm. but for us we always dreamed of serving in ministry together, which we are still doing Mm -hmm. 28 years later. And then, you know, raising our family. And I think early on, we decided that a goal would be that we would still enjoy being together even after our kids are grown and off on their own. That that has really been a goal. And we still have one um, at home. So, uh, but we're working towards that Goal of making sure that we still like being together.
2: A lot of couples struggle. You know, one of the major exit ramps for marriages is after when they become empty nesters, and it's just because you get so busy with career and raising kids that you just forgot you got to lose sight of each other. So we we've just we had a friend of ours actually put a sign in their bedroom closet that no one else could see, but it said our goal to still enjoy being together when the kids are so still be friends when our kids are grown, and we we adopted that for ourselves and said that's our goal that we're gonna keep our friendship strong while raising mm-hmm. kids, and that's, I think, important. We'll, hopefully that has paid dividends already and will continue to for the rest of our lives.
0: Yeah. I think that's how, what you said before, too. Like, If you find yourself like, where are we? Like, you're, you're evaluating your marriage maybe right now, and you're like, where? how did we kinda of get here? And it's getting back to some of those basics. Like, if you're in a healthy relationship, um, or semi-healthy relationship, being able to go back and be like, okay, what are some things we're missing? I think even for Jens and I, we've been talking lately, just the, having another baby just, it throws off your whole schedule <laughs> <laughs> this last year. And we're like, we need to get back to some of these basic things because yep. we just kind of feel a little disconnected. Amen. Yeah. Um, what would you say um, are just some things that you would suggest uh, to avoid... Just the destination creep, or avoiding your mission, um, and getting to your destination safely, and
2: yeah, you don't drift anywhere good, do you? So, the thing we've tried about, uh, we, i hate to say it again, but connect daily, date weekly, mm-hmm. vacation annually—that's a big deal. Oh, do we've done continuing ed? We used to teach marriage retreats together, so for that, you know, reading books together going to conferences, hearing messages about this, and having an open heart. Just continuing ed is always important. Mm-hmm. So just growing in what you learn as well as your conversations with each other. Yeah. Just keep working. at Anything worth doing is worth the investment of time to be good at it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cool. All right, is there anything else you want to add?
2: Mm. So we kind of... Nope.
0: Land the plane.
2: Oh, I do. I, I want to go for resource real quick here. Um... If, you, if you're in a marriage today, whether it's a long-term marriage or you're new and you're struggling, there's a lot of good marriage books. And if you come see me, I'll give you 10 or 20 of them. Um, one book I always recommend couples read together is um, The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. But the other, and that's a, that's a class, that's, that's an yeah. oldie but goldie. Still There's relevant. an app
0: for that too. Is there? And you can like take a test mm. and then you can set up reminders based on like the other person's mm. love language that reminds you to do those things, yeah.
2: Now a book we've been doing more okay. recently and this also has an app to it as well and this is our new thing and a lot of couples are getting helped by this currently. Uh, I recommend everyone who's in a relationship get this one. It's called I Said This, You Heard That. <laughs> and it's on temperament versus personality. It's phenomenal, it gives you... Uh, it's just I only want to get into it, but just get that get that one
1: well and it 's not just for married mm. couples
0: either it 's for for anybody for parenting yeah anything yeah friendship mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. well, I want to thank you both for your willingness to share your story and to air some dirty laundry <laughs> and especially I know for Michelle, this is not like your your comfort zone, you know. Up here, so we want to thank you for just your willingness mm-hmm. to share. So let's let's give them a round of applause. And hold on for a second. Oh, um, let me just uh, let's let's pray together for them. And if you feel comfortable, just reach out your arm as an expression of um, of just your your joining in prayer in this moment for them too. So Lord, we thank you for our pastor and for Michelle and um, just the all the things in between all of these years that that they didn't share, just the heartaches and the joys and, Lord, that you have um, carried them safely to this point. And, Lord, I pray for them that they would continue to be unified and enjoy um, life together as they grow in you and grow in love for each other. And may just the next season of marriage just be... Um, just be, bring even greater joy into their life. Lord, thank you for them. Um, Lord, bless them. In Jesus' name, amen.